Hello, everyone. This is the KWW Philly Soccer Show. I'm KWW's Greg Orlandini. And I'm Philly Soccer Pages Mike Davidian. And we sit down this week with SBI's Joe Tanzi, who covers the union with us. Yeah, he's he's going to do his best to make things a little lighter around here because me and Greg are kind of down this week. Yeah, Joe, Joe's trying to put a, a, I wouldn't say a positive spin, but a, uh, 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 you know, a more positive, a spin. more positive spin on on the Union situation as they uh, get ready for a very tough game uh, this weekend against Dallas. So uh, let's check it out. On the line with us is uh, Joe Tanzi, one of the uh, fine members of the Union uh, media core, that Our arch rival, podcaster. an arch rival pod- podcaster, and. <laughs> Writer for SBI and all those great things. Uh, glad to have you on I like tonight, to think Joe. Of you guys as friends. There you, well, okay. We, if you if you want, that's fine, I guess. But um, <laughs> um, so we're coming off another tough run for the union. Uh, if you look at it, the four games they just got through, you had what four goals, three points, shut out twice. Granted, three of these were on the road. You had some injury issues and goal cup hangovers and things like that, but. This was a stretch where he really needed to grab more than three points, and they just kind of couldn't do it. What's, yeah, I said yeah. at the start of this four-game stretch that five, six points is probably the best outcome from it, uh, assuming you know they did get three at home against Columbus. But, I mean, you look at the teams they played, I mean, they should have beaten at least one of Montreal, Columbus, and New England. None of those teams stand out as, you know – a team that has been impenetrable home field. They've all kind of slumped. New England's been in disarray. Montreal had Chiotti injured. Uh, Columbus just is an okay team. So I think it's it's right to be disappointed. I think um, that, was, that was the opportunity in the schedule. And it's not there anymore. And now they're going to have to win all these remaining home games and scrape and hope to get some of these points in the road, but I mean, it's definitely not so fun. I mean, do, do you see any hope in the union on the road at this point in the season? We've seen so little from them in terms of performances going on the road. And like you said, these, these were not a, a really rough patch of away games. Um, New England is what it is. Uh, Montreal, definitely a beatable team at home. And the unions actually had a little bit of success in Columbus the last two years. So I, I I just I don't see where those away points are going to come from at this at this point with the teams that you have left. No, I don't think anybody sees where these road points come from. And then, you know, we looked at the schedule, and it, it's not favorable. I mean, maybe sure, maybe if you do have a nice uh, run at home against Dallas and Montreal, maybe you you carry the momentum and find a way to to get points out of San Jose and maybe steal one in Toronto in August, but. I mean, the whole schedule just like is not favorable one bit with the union right now, and you know, I they just don't look like a competent attacking team on the road. There's something missing, whether it be chemistry, just confidence, whatever it is in that front four, because it's so disjointed. And you can look at all the, the passing math, and all the all the data you want on that that front three and the production specifically from that, that number 10 position, isn't there. And I think what surprised us all Saturday night is Elfino was coming off one of his best games in the Union shirt against the crew Wednesday night. 
and he doesn't sniff the starting lineup, and they keep rolling Auburn in, and by the time Elsinio and Fafa Pico come in the game, yeah, you're creating chances, but that's only 30 minutes of threatening the goal when you could have had 60 or 70 and then maybe brought Alberg in off the bench. I mean, do, do we think it's a game plan situation as well that that they go on the road and just turn into a shell and just go very conservative? Because I, I think we're all agreed. Points were on the table in this four-game run. So, yeah, you play a little more defensive, a little more conservative on the road just kind of naturally. But to not kind of have a game plan to go out and kind of go for it against one of these teams, any of these teams, uh, uh, seems you know kind of wrong-headed. Yeah, and I think there's also the personnel is kind of wrong. I know we looked at, yes, Keegan Rosenberry struggled at the start of the year. That's very apparent. You could see just, you know, watching him in person, there was something wrong. But for him not to scratch, uh, sniff the starting lineup since then, was being replaced by Ray Gaddis in April, I think is uh, a wrong step on management's part because he does bring that overlapping fullback run you need to kind of put more pressure on the wings and it opens up more space for the guys in the middle. I mean, how how much have we seen Alejandro Maduro get forward in the last couple games? He hasn't because the middle is just so congested and defenses are focusing on number 10 because they know if they choke him out of the game, it, it's probably going to work in their favor because there's not much outside of the wingers, you know, whether it be after uh, Paco or Pottington. And to his credit, Epps is, you know, his chances may have not been on target, but at least he's has the confidence to, to shoot and all that stuff. But you still need extra support, and they're not getting that from the fullbacks. And even when they do get forward, I think we've seen it a couple times between all of them, he's getting forward, but then he's not tracking back right away and exposes the defense. So if you try and do that, you know, it, it keeps that in the fullback's head where if I go forward, maybe we're going to be caught out. But I think it's part personnel, part game plans, part confidence too. Let's 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 dwell on the Keegan Rosenberry thing for a second. Just be, I'm like so flustered with this at this point. Um, I, I you know I saw Jim Curtin's comments today about um, not winning the job back in practice. Are, are we back to the John Hackworth days where we're overstating what can be done in practice? I mean, I think it's there's something. Maybe the gym seeing that we're not in training that is really just sticking out, and that's the difference between Ray and Keegan right now. Um, look, we, we we're all in agreement that Rosemary did not have the greatest start, but I think we're also in agreement that Ray Gaddis isn't 100% better option. Jim has said a couple times, and he said it today in his press conference that there is another opportunity down the road. Keegan Rosemary. He is part of the future of the club. Well, if he's part of that, and we've seen other guys that are part of the future of the club, like Marcus Epps and Adam Najem and Derek Jones, get their shots here and there throughout the year. So why not give Keegan another start and see what he can do? Give him some confidence. And I think there's a lot of smoke right now, and it's just a matter of it is Rosenberry just not impressing at all in training. Or is in the doghouse with Curtin still? I don't know what the issue is, but I think you have to give Keegan Rosemary at least one start. Maybe not against Dallas, 
why not against Montreal? It's a team you know you can beat at home. Dallas might be a little bit difficult to throw somebody back in the fire after missing so many games in the lineup. And the frustrating thing, too, for me with Keegan is, yeah, he had, he had, he had a bad start. I'll grant you. I think we can we can all agree on that. A lot of guys had bad starts at the beginning of this year. They weren't a very good. I mean, they're, you could debate what kind of team they are now, but they weren't a good team at all at the beginning of the year. And guys that had bad starts and were part of like kind of the the malaise that the team was in. You know, some of those guys are still playing and still and still you know trying to contribute and all that. Um, I mean, Andre Blake did not have a good start to the year, but he kind of he he got his head together. And I mean, Chris Pontius still hasn't had a good start to the year. I Chris, mean, that's Chris, what uh, Tim Curtin said that today in the press conference. Right. He's like, he just needs to get one. We're already more than yeah. halfway through the season. Yeah. It's past that point. Right, like, exactly. I just I don't understand why you get to stick with some guys and you, other guys just get stuck in the doghouse. For me, that's like I said. I, I I think I think Joe's right. There's some smoke here that we're we're not we're not. Yeah, for sure. And 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 uh, yeah, the Pontius point's a great point that the. Um, they, they they just keep kind of rolling him out for, you know, and he's contributed in other ways. But he's not getting. I thought you were going to get a drop off from twelve goals, but to zero goals. Yeah, it absolutely killed me on Saturday to see Epps come out and Pontius stay on when uh, he brought in Fafa Paco in the mm-hmm. second half because I didn't think Epps had a great game, but he was at least involved. And to, to Pontius's credit, he was able to get a little bit more involved after Paco came on. But for 65 minutes, you got absolutely nothing from Chris Pontius down the right side, and he, he didn't he didn't come off after that. So I'm just I'm perplexed what it takes to to get yourself in the doghouse and or not at this point. Yeah, I think with something with Pontius, I think he's so well respected by Kurt, and maybe you know in some people's eyes maybe too much because of all the work he does uh, both ways. Uh, but you know, like you said, I, I'm. I think I'm in the camp that's a little that's been less critical of Pontius compared to you know where other people have been, but um, yeah, you have to figure out the right formula in that front four because if he's not scoring, maybe he maybe he does come off the bench for game and, and see what he does in that role and see if he can be impactful because at this point you know sure Marcus Epps hasn't called shots on target and he hasn't you know created a ton of quality chances, but you can see he's at least making the effort and trying, and he's hungry, and he's taking advantage of the opportunity as much as he can, you know, the level of his skill set right now, and I wouldn't be against starting Epps and Mexico together on the wings and then bringing Pontius in based off recent performances. I think that's something that could be looked at, but I also understand why Pontius is in there from the start because of his his work rate. Am I, am I the only one that's getting tired of kind of tired of the trope of like the defensive work that the offensive guys do? I I don't know. I guys like Chris Pontius need to score goals. Mm. I'm I'm glad that he contributes defensively and that he does that work, but he's out there to create goals. I'm glad like CJ Sapong at the end of last season. You know, Curtin always likes to to trump up CJ's two way play and his defensive abilities. That stuff is great. I love it. But if he's not scoring goals, you can't be on the field. It's just, I don't I don't get the the stuff with the offensive players. If they're not performing on the side of the ball that they're supposed to be performing on, something needs to be done. Yeah, and I think with with Pontius, I guess for the last I don't know before he left for the Gold Cup, I don't think there was one guy you could say overwhelmingly. Would replace him in the lineup. I mean, you're going to put Elfino back on the wing. I mean, 
he hasn't been producing either. And I think now you've finally seen Epps take advantage of that opportunity. Maybe it's worth keeping the confidence in the kid and, and letting, him, letting him play. Honestly, the production isn't there. Sure, Albert and Alcino have scored goals, you know, this year, and they've provided a moments of brilliance. But, I mean, that whole midfield trio, for the most part, even Safa Paco stretches, hasn't been producing as much as they could. And they need, they need more support to see just pop. It's, it's that simple. And, you know, there are a couple different – you know, permutation you can take here, you can go to the 10, bring Alberg off the bench, and we'll see you play the wing with Fafa and Alberg on the other two positions. I don't know because none of them have worked so far. So that's on Jim Curtin to find the combination. And on top of that, you have the FC Dallas team that's coming in really hungry because they lost one up in the Vancouver at their place. So it's, it, it's going to be a tough week, I think. Tougher than maybe the union might let on, even if it being a home game. So this is something I've kind of been emailing and talking to with some of the other uh, guys that cover the team and write about the team and all that. Um, I wasn't, I wasn't sure if I was going to bring it up with you too, Joe, but I think I will. At what point do results really start to matter? At what point do we really start to see some kind of accountability to somebody? Because this poor play is stretched into last season. I mean, I, the, the team, the, the game I really point to is the Orlando home game last year where they had an opportunity to kind of, they had their destiny in their own hand. They win that game, they get into the playoffs, they end up losing, they had to back in and wait for other results. And I, I, I kind of thought that's where the rot really started to set in a bit with, 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 with what's going on. So at what point is there going to be accountability? At what point do results matter? Um, I, my whole opinion on, on this whole is last year was year one of a plan and they wildly overachieved players individually put in performances that I don't think anyone, maybe even them expected that they would. Um, you set the foundation, you maybe set the watermark too high. I think if they didn't start as fast as they did last year, I think that may have. I think the union might be a little higher in the table, just because it would be a slow build, and there'd be a little less criticism because there's an understanding of what's going on. But I think because with primarily the, the same core, you know, granted you add a couple pieces, and you, you know, most argue there are improvements to the pieces from last year. I think that's where the frustration comes in, and yeah, you know, accountability has to be there, and I think. You know, the players and, and Jim, to an extent, own that. They're saying they're, they're not good enough on the road. You know, I talked with, with John McCarthy this week, and he, you know, he didn't have a concrete answer for how the road struggles or why the road struggles were happening. And I think the team and, and in itself is trying to still figure that out. Uh, it's a shame that they're still figuring that out at this point in the year. But, yeah, no, I think with – look, I see the – I see the building blocks there. You know, I understand I think this offseason, not to get ahead of ourselves, is probably the most crucial in franchise history. But for right now, I think there's a small level of accountability, but I don't think there's enough because they are 
still only six games, six points out of the playoff spots. So maybe maybe they're just you know focusing on positives just to kind of keep motivated and, and see what they can do in the last three months. Do you think that this team is actually capable of going on the run that could make them above that red line in the end if they do not, if they if they do not okay if they add a player <laughs> is it going to be possible if we'll see we'll see here's the thing though who who do you really add at this point and who do you add that is going to make that instant impact because I'd point to two things one midseason signings in MLS they you know, historically they struggle. I think last year was the outlier with Nico Ladero coming in for the Sounders and leading them in the Cup. Mm. You know, we've seen spurts like Alberg had last year. Um, you know, I think Barnetta had a little bit as well uh, when he came in. But, I mean, who, who are you going to bring in that's going to make a real impact? And then on top of that, are you really going to bring in a number 10 in the summer? And that's going to make that huge of an impact, and that will make you sit with the, the salary of Albert and Elsinia. I I don't know if a, a signing at this point will help them. I think they're just going to have to play out with what they have, and what they have is pretty much what they are right now. I'm a below average team in the Eastern Conference that still needs to add a couple pieces, but has the foundation to be successful in the future. Um, so speaking of there, there's the rumors, uh, Jim would really want to address it, but there's a, a, a trialist, uh, kind of in possibly Ohlone, uh, and, uh, Nico Martinez, Argentinian player contracted with Olympiacos in Greece, but has never played for them. The best I could, I've seen, he's been loaned out to various different leagues. Uh, doesn't sound like he be the answer either, but it's a name, and, and names kind of being floated out for this team are really rare. Yeah, there's. I mean, we weren't able to see uh, who was at training day. We were, we were uh, the club went in a little early from when the media uh, got to the training, so I don't know whether or not uh, Nico Martinez is in Philly or is you know even you know remotely close to anything with with the team, but. You know, Jim Curtin, all he would say in the press conference was they're familiar with the player. Um, I assume the player is familiar with the league. He's the younger brother of Barito Martinez, who played with RSL last year. So I would assume there's some type of familiarity, and he did get some type of advice before even looking into it. But you're right. He's not like a guy that's going to come in like a Ladero and be like a total game changer. He's I see it more as a, as a depth signing, and... You really need more depth on the wing and in those attacking midfield positions right now. So, uh, so I think at that point we'll wrap things up a bit. Yeah. I don't know if Mike's I don't, got I don't, I, don't, I don't even know what to say anymore. <laughs> I feel like we've we've I've had, we've had the same conversations. We for really like have two months on this. We, we, this, this we season really kind of have. We've, we've complained about the personnel. We've complained about the formations. We I, I don't know anymore. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm also really no, wet no, from walking over here, and I'm really uncomfortable. 
like I said earlier, I think, you know, all the frustration is warranted, all the criticism is warranted, but you look at, you know, not to get too far ahead of myself, like I said earlier, but if you look at what the future holds and what contracts are coming off the books, you know, you you have a chance to make a huge splash. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something that with the scouting network they have, they can prepare for, start preparing for now. And I wouldn't be opposed to seeing some of the young guys get some run. I know a lot of people have voiced that concern on Twitter. Have we seen, you know, can guys like Epps and, and Najem and maybe, maybe even Austin Trusty to an extent get some minutes for the first team if they're definitely not playoff bad. Yeah. I think that should be one of the main goals of September and October if they're not within five points of the red line. Um, but, I mean, yeah, it's uh, it's the same issues we've talked about. And for them not to be fixed on a consistent basis, is it does scare you a little bit, but you also have to look at players that are on the roster that are causing these issues or not performing well. Some of them do come off the books after the offseason if options aren't picked up. And you can replace them with, with higher quality players. So... I mean, you're you're almost going to have to make a little bit of a you're going to have to make a little bit of a splash in the off season because the fan base is disgruntled right now. We're disgruntled on the podcast. Like, I I think that there needs to be a little bit of change just to to make things seem like that there's there's going to be a different team next year. Absolutely, and there's rumors that more party allocation money may came come in, and you see these you know there's there's money available. There's money being made by the league that is trickling down to the club. There's no excuse for them not to spend it in the mm-hmm. offseason. All right. I think we'll uh, wrap that up with you tonight, Joe. Joe, tell us, uh, tell us where people can find your uh, find your stuff out there in the, in the, in the world. You can um, follow me on Twitter at jtanzy 90 um, You can also follow our, our show at Union Soccer Talk. We talked with John McCarthy this week. Uh, he joined us on the podcast, and then all the written stuff over at uh, sbssoccer.com. All right, Joe, thanks a lot for uh, hopping on with us tonight, man. Thanks, so, so we dragged you down into our uh, <laughs> into our darkness on, 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 our, on our podcast. I, hopefully I provided some light to your darkness tonight. <laughs> your voice of reason, that's what I like to think. Thanks, guys. Take care. Thanks, Joe. Uh, Joe Tanzi from all those places he just said. Yes. SBI and his podcast. I, know, and, I can't keep up with them. Yeah, he's, he's, he's uh, him and Matt DeGeorge are two hardest working guys. Uh, and, and Dave Zeitlin, all those guys, they're, they're out there all They work much, all harder, hustling. much harder than I do. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Um, so, where are we at? I don't, I'm very wet still. Like I, I know. It, it's, it's, it's raining. It's raining really hard. It's raining. It was a really miserable walk Mike over had, here, and Mike, it put me in a really bad mood. Mike had to walk here. He's, he's, he's an I'm unhappy. I'm not happy. He's an unhappy camper. Uh, I'll, I'll, you didn't really weigh in when I asked Joe, so I, I'll put it to you again. When, when, when do results start to matter? I don't know. I would have thought by now, but that's not true. So mm-hmm. I, I don't know when they matter. Um, you know, I think <laughs> it's, I, it's, I, you know, I, I, I think you have a game this, this weekend against a really good West coast opponent and you'd, You'd think if you don't pick up maximum points here that the, the coach would be in some trouble. But I, mean, <laughs> I don't think that's true. So. It's, it's a tough ask because they're a good team and they never play well against Dallas. Yeah. Um, or at least never get really good results against Dallas, however you want to look at it. 
Um, it, it's tough because they had to get more than three points out of this, just, out of this, out of that run, out of that four game run. And they had the score. They got they got shut out twice. Yeah, I mean, and th- those are not good soccer no. teams either. I mean, they weren't going up against Chicago. Or, Montreal or, is one of two teams behind the Union mm-hmm. in the standings. New England was behind them going into the game uh, on Saturday night. Uh, Columbus was what two points ahead of them yeah. going into the home and home. So these these were teams around you that you needed to to grab the points against. And now most of your schedule is basically against teams that are above you in the standings. And which of those teams do you think the Union can beat at this point? I mean, I mean, Joe Joe threw in there like you might have to go to Toronto and try to grab a point at the end of the season. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's <laughs> who's that's, doing that. That's that's not happening. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and you you just got this tough run now to kind of wrap up your season. It's it's. You're, you're in a situation where you have to get points on the road. They've proven all season that they have no interest in getting points on the road. Yeah, uh, they've. They, it's difficult even to scrape up a goal on the road for this team right now. And um, they're 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 a player at least away from just making the playoffs. That they really are. This team is, you know, a lot of complimentary players with nobody to compliment. Uh, you know, even CJ is in, in a way a complimentary player because he's a guy that goes out there and puts out puts on a shift and bangs bodies for 60, 70, 80, 90 minutes and he gets his goals and, you know, he's getting his assists this year. But he's ultimately, if, if you paired him with a really good attacking midfielder or if you paired him with a kind of withdrawn striker, he's a perfect complimentary kind of guy. You know, a guy like Elsino is... is, is Probably a good complimentary kind of guy for 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 a different team, and you're asking certain guys on this team to be the man. Yeah, there's, there's and, no man. Yeah, the the really the really I, I, I agree with that assessment. I, I do think it's a, it's, a, it's a long roster of complimentary. Players. And you and you can survive kind of like that if if you get your tactics right. Yeah, you know, yeah well, I mean, you could survive if you just go out there and you're committed to. Kind of scoring ugly goals and committed to being a just a park not, the park the bus defense what, committed. I don't even know what the offensive tactics. No, are I, at this I, that's point. what I'm saying. I there, mean, there's are no. They, are they a crossing team? They're they're not, they're not breaking anybody down through not the a, middle. They're not a crossing team, right? Because they're, they're also Elsini, not a team that's going to break anybody down yeah, trying to go through the middle. Because so. when Elsini was on the right, he's not a guy that's going to really cross the yeah. ball for you. You don't have. But you, you have a striker that is made for a crossing right, team because right. CJ Sapong is not going to score a goal from anywhere yeah. beyond eight yards. You have your most offensive right back on the bench, and he's never getting off, yeah. at least this season. Fafa Pico has no interest in passing. He's a guy, he wants the ball, he wants to attack the post, he wants to, you know, he wants to take shots for himself. If he could create for somebody else, it's fine. But he's a guy that, you know, wants to get the ball and cut in and do something on his own, and when it works, it works great. But he's not a guy that's looking to, to you know, pull the ball wide and like sling it into the box. No, um, I just I I don't know what the game plan is no, when no. they get into the final third, and it, and more and more it seems like the players in the field also do not know. No, it's it's you know we've used all these adjectives, you know, lacks cohesion, disjoint it. Yes, you know all all, all these. They're all right. That we've thrown this around a lot. And uh, yeah, it's it's just 
it's it's frustrating. And they're kicking around this names Nico Martinez, who you look at him again. He's he could be not seeing the player, just kind of reading up on him and looking at his stats. He doesn't seem like a guy that's going to come in here and be the guy, the piece you plug in to really get the motor started. I don't think so. I mean, I, I don't know much about the player yeah. or otherwise, other than what you know I've seen through social media today. So, no, I, it doesn't seem like he's that guy. But everybody, he's, he's, you know, I mean, you've been searching for a replacement for Tranquillo Barnetta and uh, to, I guess, a little bit of a lesser extent, Vincent Nogueira since yeah. the midpoint of last season. And you've not addressed either of those things. I don't, I don't think... Martinez is is addressing especially the loss of Barnetta yet. Mm-hmm. So until that's done, I don't I don't know. It's frustrating. That's yeah, what we're trying to tell you. Yeah, it's do, you, do you want to talk about something else? Um, sure. Yeah, you got your reading. Uh, uh, reading. Uh, is going to start I this weekend. I, I was going to say we could talk about the All Star game. And I, don't okay. care, I don't care about the All Star game. I'm generally opposed to the concept of the yeah. All Star game. Did you, did you catch this? And any sport, I don't. I don't. They're they're yeah. nice. I guess they're. It's nice when you're. I mean, there's no Union guys on on, any, on it this year. It's you know they play against Real Madrid. Real Madrid could really go out there and pound them I, if I they hate wanted Real Madrid to. Too, right? So yeah, like that's, that's, that, yeah. They're not exactly a sympathetic team. <laughs> they they you know they could. Real Madrid could probably seriously go out there and pound them if they if they felt like it. I don't know if they will, but yeah. So, um, did you did you catch uh, former Union oh. player Amobi Akugo's blog about how to fix the All Star game? I did not, but I, I see Amobi's uh, uh, quite the quite the writer these days. Now, good for good for him. You know, he's he's a sharp dude, and uh, you know, still still a fan of the guy. So he's definitely interesting. He's getting that out there, but I, I did not. So pray tell. Uh, he just, I mean, he had a, a list of different options of ways to yeah. do it so you're not playing a, a big European team. You know, there's there's the easy one of East versus West. Um, there was uh, North America versus Europe mm-hmm. slash kinda, the other. Yeah, kind of the old the NHL when the NHL yeah, kind of so did just, it for a while. But, you know, I think anything that features more MLS players, I'm on board with it. That's this the point. thing, because what are you. Because you're only getting one team of MLS players in this All-Star All right. game. And, they're, they're, and you're, you missed a ton of guys. Because it's just a popularity mm-hmm. contest for for like how Andre Blake, uh, how Andre Blake's not. I mean, he, he wouldn't be able to play right now anyway. Yeah, I mean, even like uh, the Sporting Kansas City goalkeeper uh, Tim Melia. Yeah, how is he not the, the first choice right. starter? Because he's not a, a popular name. Right, right, that's, right. That's why he's not Tim Howard. And, right. Yeah, you know, we all love Tim Howard, but yeah, <laughs> and, and it. Again, as a concept, I'm I'm not a fan of All Star games, but if yeah, you'd rather see you showcase your league. You, you showcase your league. You're not kind of ride the coattails, if yeah. you will, of a, of Real Madrid, of a Man United, of a Tottenham, or yeah. whoever who's kind of run through the through here. Because it's ultimately for them, it's a preseason game, so they're going to play it as a preseason game. That it's not going to be all that competitive. I don't know. I mean, I. <laughs> I don't know how to fix it. Yeah, I'm not that invested into the idea to, to fix it. So if they want to go east west or just shake it up some some way like that, that'd be cool. That'd be that'd be fun. Or, or or do it like you said, North America versus the world, and do it uh, you, that know, way. you know the, the the really interesting part in Amobi Akugo's piece was he had a um, 
one that was uh, an option that was designated players versus okay. non-designated players. Interesting. Is there enough DPs to scratch I think up a threw, team? I think or? he threw in TAM guys. Oh, okay. Interesting. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be that'd be interesting. I mean, I, I think it'd be a little esoteric for yeah <laughs> to kind of market it or yeah. or, or, you know, or something like that. I don't have to worry about how to market no, it. No, no, okay. It's, it's, <laughs> I mean, we're sp- we're spitballing here. I, I, I got you. Um, <laughs> I just I thought it was interesting. Yeah, it's it, it's 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 tough, and I know you want to get you know, people in the stands that are Real Madrid fans and stuff like that because there was you know when the uh, the game was at Chester. There was plenty of blue jerseys for Chelsea, yeah. and I, I get that. And I, I get, you know, it's going to be on S- Sky News or, or yeah. you know, the, the top sports stations in Spain. And so, yeah, you get a minute or two, or, or a minute, a minute and a half, and in the report, and they're talking about MLS on Sky, on Sky Sports News for a minute, and everybody's happy about that. Yeah. I, I, I kind of, I get that, I guess. But are you going to watch it? But, uh, maybe. Yeah, <laughs> I'll go on. Maybe just kind of. Yeah, because I'm kind of doing things around the house. Yeah, I gotta, uh, I gotta see what's going on. Yeah, it's it's just like again, I don't, I don't, I don't watch the NHL All Star. I don't watch MLB. Yeah. I don't watch the, 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 the Pro Bowls even exist. I'm not sure. Yeah, I think it does <laughs> it, in some form. I yeah. mean, I mean, of all of them, that's the I always thought was a bit, a bit of the weirdest one because you can't tackle and you can't yeah, blitz and you can't do all that. Um, yeah. So there you go. Any any other interesting soccer stories you want to talk about? You want to talk about Neymar? Wow, that's it's become the. I, I read this. I usually avoid reading long threads on Twitter because they get yeah pointless after a while. Yeah. But I, I I wish I could remember who wrote who wrote it so I give them credit. But it was basically outlying how, and this is just one guy's opinion. How Barcelona kind of debates themselves in order to sign Neymar for the money they signed him. Like they linked him with the Qatari Foundation, and they. Did all that, and they suffered through these transfer bans, which were kind of vague anyway. Which they found, I guess, workarounds in some some ways. And they did all this, and then now they're losing Neymar. But Neymar's just maximizing his his potential, his earning potential. And so, who do, who's who's to blame? Do you blame Barcelona for? Uh, do, you, do you do you ultimately you blame the market? Yeah, I, I mean, I or yeah. is that the question? And where in you know the North American leagues? You have some mechanism to maintain a, ba- a somewhat balanced market, at least. It doesn't always work. Where there's almost zero. I mean, they talk about this financial fair play. Yeah. Does does is that anything more than like some nice words? That, that, no. That, yeah. If these things are happening, I know I, there was a, there was a funny financial fair play tweet going around today that was you know Monaco has sold what three players for a hundred fifty mm-hmm. million uh, euros this season and and. PSG is going to bring in one player, at right? Two hundred, right? So, so where, yeah, <laughs> seems really fair. Who's who's yeah exactly who's that? Who, who's that helping? Who's it? You know who's it for at this point? And honestly, does Neymar going to PSG make the French league more interesting? No, I'm not going to watch the French league. It makes them top heavy. I mean, again, which they kind of well PSG's kind of been make making them top heavy for the last couple of years. Yeah, I mean, I think you had a little bit of a mm-hmm. competition in that league last year with Monaco. Yeah. being a much improved team, but how they they were they're, they're obviously, they can't maintain it obviously yeah. if they're I mean, if they they're to sell if they're, get, so if they're getting uh they're getting picked off at this yeah. point by by bigger teams. Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm not a big follower of the French league, so I don't, I don't know. Yeah, no, I'm not either. 
you know, and if they if they're like a you know we, you know you complain about the Premier League, but they're more than a one team league. They're you know, four or five team league, but still, that's more than just one team yeah. that, that you, you worked up about. Even Spain's a three team league at this point with uh, uh, Atletico and in the mix with Real and Barcelona and all, all that. Um, yeah, it's it's. You, you you worry about and it's a side of the hand wringing you hear about sports here. I mean, but I think Big Gampizzi don't have that mechanism as much in the other in the other countries to kind of maintain that balance. It, it's are you hurting the sport at some point? Are you just all this money funneling just just to a couple teams to a couple leagues? Does that what does that do for the health of the sport in the long run? Yeah, I mean. I don't know, it's it's tough to say because it, on some level it, it makes it seem like the sport is really healthy because there's all this money around. Mm-hmm. But it, it, I don't, does the sport seem healthy? Does, does FIFA seem healthy? Does uh, but how any much, of the, the how much? I mean, it's it's real money, but how much is that money pumped in from like the outside? I, I know yeah. that's what this financial fair play is supposed to, supposed to do, but you're still having it. I mean, except in except in the Bundesliga where they do they actually do have like you have to have a certain like income to debt. Each team has to maintain a certain income to debt ratio, and, they, and they're so successful league, and they have you know Byron's in the mix, and they have you know they have a lot of good teams, they have a lot of good players, so it, it can work, but it's kind of I think it's kind of baked in a little more in Germany, just the way the way they did the rules. It would be tough to implement <laughs> in other yeah, situations at, at this point, but um, yeah, yeah, it, it, it's it's. It's worrisome because I mean that's all, all this money floating around, all these big bucks and all, all, all of that. That's how you get a Qatari uh, World Cup. Yeah, you know, because, because people just see the money yeah. and an opportunity to get more money. Mm-hmm. That's that's where, um, yeah, yeah. So that's that's where everything is right now. Uh, there's much more smarter people than me that can talk about this. Ultimately, <laughs> but these are just my opinions. I hope everybody. I just wanted, I just wanted to talk about something that was reunion. <laughs> <a union. laughs> I hear you. I, I, I hear you. Um, so we do have a game. We, we could wrap it up shortly. We do have a game coming up for the union. Yeah. Uh, they're going to play Dallas. It's going to happen. Dallas is a good team. Yeah. Uh, Dallas is a better team than the union. <laughs> I, yeah. Uh, they've been better at home. They, they, they at least play a little better at home yeah they look competent at home yeah uh, that being said <laughs> I, I, it's, it's tough to tough to me to peg a result on, on this yeah i mean if you're gonna ask me for my prediction i'm gonna say two nothing dallas yeah because just dallas is coming off you know they, they got, just got trounced at they, home by vancouver yeah. which is fascinating which I, 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 I don't understand I'll, I'll, I'll try to watch that yeah, later I, this week but. I, I often think, forget vancouver's in the league sometimes yeah um but that's you can't think they're a happy team and they they want to bounce back yeah. after that. Yeah, still second in the the Western Conference too. Mm-hmm. So I mean, you're talking about a team with 34 points, I think. Yeah. So yeah, I I can see two one Dallas. Yeah. I mean, I hate to be the that guy, but yeah. Yeah, yeah I'm, <laughs> I'm gonna go with two one Dallas. So on the on that high note, uh, I want to thank Joe Tanzi for joining us here this week. To talk about the union, he was a little more. Uh, yeah, thanks for trying to bring us up, Joe. Yeah, Joe. Joe. Joe's kind of a, the shining light tonight. You know, definitely check out Joe. He's he writes for SBI, 
Soccer by Ivas and uh, some other thing and some other stuff. Some, <laughs> po- other, know, some podcast like, thing. He does. He's he's all over the place. Joe. Joe. Can, can I ask you one last question before we go off? Hit me. Do, do you think Kai Kamara's goal should have counted last week? Uh, no, right? no, I didn't. That's ridiculous. I didn't think it, <laughs> Absolutely not. I mean, that was that was a high boot. Yeah. I mean, that was you can't, like, you can't get your boot that high, even when you're scoring a goal. No, you can't. <laughs> I mean, that, that that's. I mean, they used to. We used to get that right. called all the time when I played in high school. I mean, was, you, you was, can't you can't pick, pick your leg up that high. Also, I mean, hilarious to me was like the reaction on Twitter this week of like everybody going like, "Oh, look at the athleticism!" I'm like, "No, that's an illegal play. You can't do that." Yeah, no, I I, I didn't think it could. Um, I, mean, I guess I, I'm a little bit biased because I report on the union, right, sure, right? But no, you can't do that. No, no. I mean, if that was CJ Zapaga, I would also say, "No, you can't do that." All right, and I I wouldn't have been surprised. I mean, that, that's. Like if that's at, at midfield, that's a foul. Yeah. You know, that's going to get called. I mean, if he's a whisker closer to John McCarthy, that's oh, a red card in three, three, yeah, he, three game suspension. Yeah, he knocks him. He knocks John so, out cold. Yeah, um, which John doesn't need, as we know, no. <laughs> with the helmet and all. No. That. Uh, yeah. Uh, I, I, having said that, I don't, I don't think that would have changed. No, the outcome I don't. Much, I don't but, think so either. But. I, I thought that was ridiculous. Yeah, it, it really was. I just I'd like to harp on how bad the refereeing is. So it, the referee's terrible yeah. this league. Um, on that positive, yeah, note. We, we just, <laughs> we're just going to replay the Mike uh, Mike Pecky uh, referee rant every week, and just uh, to get yeah. you guys ready. All right. Uh, on that note, once again, I want to thank Joe Tanzi for joining us, and we'll catch everyone next week.